Last week, the Illinois Senate, they passed a measure that uh, ultimately would have voters determine whether or not the Constitution needs to change. That measure then passed the Illinois House yesterday. Such measures, proposed constitutional amendments, they do not go through the governor. So when either chamber passes that, you get uh, you get it going on to the voters, and voters will get their say now on this constitutional amendment. What exactly does this constitutional amendment do? Well, to join us to break it down and uh, give us uh, their take is WirePoint's founder, Mark Glennon, joining us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Uh, Mark, thanks for taking time. Uh, of course, we saw this uh, over the past few weeks. Uh, not much debate had in a Senate committee when it advanced, and then barely any debate at all in the Senate floor. But there was debate yesterday uh, when it comes to this constitutional amendment, uh, Senate Joint Resolution Constitutional Amendment uh, 11. What is this thing? And what do voters need to know about it? Good morning. Quite a bit, Greg. It's more to it than is being reported, and it really is a shame that there wasn't more debate on this. On its face, it clearly is intended to uh, make sure that Illinois never becomes a right-to-work state, which I think most people know about. Uh, The majority of states uh, are are much more um, open to uh, making sure that unions can't get into a particular company, their right-to-work states. Uh, Illinois doesn't allow right-to-work. All of our neighboring states, except Missouri, are right-to-work states. But it's far more than that. Uh, it creates independently a constitutional personal right, right up there with freedom of speech and assembly and everything else, that uh, allows any worker to collectively bargain And it's really intended to expand the power of public unions. Uh, The bill's chief sponsor in the Senate Senate has pretty much said that. Uh, And it would have just drastic open-ended consequences for how much power public unions have. It would subject virtually everything to the collective bargaining process and take it out of the hands of the legislature and out of the hands of local governments. Well, and I think and that includes... that's one area that a lot of people don't necessarily think about is the local government impact of this, not just for municipalities, villages, counties, school boards. Uh, and I know the Illinois Municipal League, along with a whole host of other uh, associations, are opposed to this, uh, but it passed the legislature. What uh, What's the impact on the taxpayer, you think, ultimately going to be in a state like Illinois, if this thing passes, it's drastic and open-ended. Uh, it, it takes out of the hands of those local officials the power to set by ordinance uh, what the terms and conditions would be. It is truly anti-democratic in that sense because it overrides the action of the lawmakers. Everything would have to be negotiated. Um, as a matter of constitutional right for the workers. And we know from Illinois process that that collective bargaining process means that uh, the workers always win, the employer loses. We hear that from mayors all the time, that once you're forced into collective bargaining currently, you lose. That's just the way it is in Illinois. We have the uh, by far the most generous rules for uh, uh, for for workers on the collective bargaining side. Uh, 
So this really can be catastrophic. We're talking with Mark Glennon. He's the founder of Wirepoints. You can find more at wirepoints.org. Uh, they've got a, a variety of original articles and uh, commentary on other news of the day. Um, we're talking about uh, Senate Joint Constitutional Amendment 11 that passed both the House and the Senate and now will be up to voters uh, to determine. Of course, uh, the last time we had a constitutional amendment for the progressive income tax that failed. Uh, Mark, what do you? Uh, what's your prognostication here? Uh, this thing, when it goes in front of voters, do you think that uh, they'll uh, support it, or do you think they'll oppose it? It's a little more complicated than the fair tax, so this is going to require a lot of public education. It's already being misrepresented by uh, its proponents. They spin it as well. Are you in favor of workers' rights and welfare at the workplace or not? You know, are unions good or bad? No, no, no. That's not what this is about. So it's going to be a challenge to educate people. I'm certain this is going to be a huge topic, at least as big as the fair tax amendment was. And uh, I'm fairly optimistic that voters are waking up to what's going on here in the uh, already excessive power of public unions in Illinois. And that's that's really, this is specific to public unions in Illinois. It has to be the focus. And uh, boy, they better wake up uh, to what this is. This is as big a power grab as I've ever seen in Illinois, and it's it's unprecedented anywhere as far as I know. So when we talk about the issues in collective bargaining, I'm typically thinking, you know, uh, hours worked, uh, insurance costs, uh, you know, overtime, um, uh, allotment, uh, minimum manning type of things. But, Mark, uh, it even gets down into uh, some real small details as well. And, and I hearken back to a story I recall, and, and I might be a little incorrect on this, but I think there was a, uh, a collective bargaining unit at one point that worked in the state of Illinois. Uh, and they, they, and again, somebody might be able to correct me. It's been years since I've seen the story and I'm just thinking of it now. Uh, they had, um, water fountains, right. You know, for, for the employees to go and enjoy water fountains. Uh, but then, uh, somebody started with the state bringing in like bottled water for everybody. Uh, and they, uh, they somehow got that, uh, to essentially be, uh, you know, the ongoing policy, uh, because it was offered up. Uh, and there was no way to diminish that. Is Are we ultimately looking at everything from not just hours worked to salaries all the way down to insurance and uh, policy issues uh, and, and workplace environment issues uh, that uh, that ultimately could be um, enshrined uh, and, and put into stone? Even beyond that, Greg, it uses the phrase economic welfare is part of what they can collectively bargaining for. And recall that the Chicago Teachers Union, for example, has tried to get in broad policy measures unrelated to the workplace, um, uh, affordable housing, rent control, things like that. Um, and that economic welfare term isn't clearly tied to the workplace and the wording of the resolution. So all that stuff could be brought up. And, you know, you pick any one of those issues, for example, maybe the municipality decides that it's cheaper to have bottled water or something or more efficient or lower lead content or whatever. No, they have no say in this. It'll go to collective bargaining under this rule. 
Mark Glennon, WirePoints founder. Again, you can find their work at wirepoints.org. Uh, something else I wanted to touch base with you briefly on, because we'll, uh, of course, have some time uh, to unpack this amendment, this proposed amendment further. Uh, but looking at uh, the, the unemployment numbers that were just released from the uh, uh, U.S. Department of Labor, uh, Illinois had another 1,400 initial filers. That's on top of the 17,000 uh, 500 from last week. So total initial filers last week, 18,920. Again, that's an increase of 1,400. Uh, we also saw a, a a mild increase in the number of uh, pandemic unemployment assistance um, at 3,500. That's up about 240 from the week before. So we still see increased unemployment, uh, though it's not as drastic as maybe it was uh, a year and a half ago. How do we reverse this and uh, actually get people off of unemployment and get the economy back going? We've got to send out that message loud and clear is you've got to get back to work at this point. You know, unfortunately, the federal government, aided by the Fed's creation of new money, is pay- still paying people not to work. And these extended unemployment benefits are scheduled to go through August. This is just crazy at this point. Um, uh, our, our kids are going to be paying off this deficit for years, um, and we're all going to be paying through inflation. Uh, the federal government has just flooded money on the system. So on this particular point, it's not entirely the state to blame, although other states have refused to do this. Uh, Illinois is taking uh, these extended benefits and continuing to use them. Other states are telling people to get back to work and refusing the federal money. But this is really just a, uh, a bad policy at the national and state level that's uh, uh, delaying the return of the people coming back to work. Mark Glennon, wirepoints.org. Uh, always appreciate chatting with you, and we'll definitely connect again soon on uh, these and other issues, I would imagine, because these next five days are probably going to produce a lot of stuff for us to unpack and talk about. So uh, greatly appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk soon, okay? Very good, Greg. Thank you.